Do you have a black vulture problem? Knowing you do and what to do about it could be important to your livestock herd. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vulture, host and editorial director for Farm Progress. The black vulture is a growing problem in parts of the U.S., from Mexico to Ohio, from Texas to New York. Unlike its distant relative, the turkey vulture, this bird is not just a carrion eater waiting on the dead. It can attack weak live animals, and it's a problem for cattle, sheep, and goat producers where these birds roost. Jennifer Keel, American agriculturist, recently wrote about black vultures, offering some helpful tips on ridding yourself of the problem. And note, the rifle is not always the best choice, and is not the right choice without a permit. And a warning, Jennifer pulls no punches when describing just what a black vulture can do to a nearly newborn calf, and you heard that right. The description may not be for sensitive ears. She's based in Michigan and starts by sharing some crop progress in her part of the world. Jennifer, how are you doing? Welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hi, Willie. I'm doing well. Nice to be here. Good having you on, I guess, since we're talking to people around the country every once in a while. Before we get into our big topic today, how how are planting conditions in uh, your part of the world? Well, just like most of the Midwest, it's been a cool, wet spring. So a lot of delayed planting. Sugar beet people are pretty not happy being that they've been delayed at least a month. But most of those are in now and soybeans are going in in the thumb. Potatoes will be wrapping up probably the end of this week. Uh, a lot of spring tillage and fertilizer going on. And the good news is is that for the first time in about two or three years, we actually had a really nice spring that uh, did not get real warm and then freeze because that's devastating to our fruit industry. So we had a nice little, we had a couple warm days, but not enough to set it into bud yet. So, and then we had a little cooler kind of dangling with freezing, but we kind of dodged that bullet and it looks like uh, it's 85 degrees today, hopefully. You know, the trees are budding out and we were beyond the threat of a frost or freeze. So that's good news for the apple and cherry growers in particular. (laughs) That's good news for the apple and cherry consumers for the future because you guys have been hammered a couple of times with those late war, early warmth and then late freezes that have been nipping it in the bud. So that's great. So we're talking about a topic that's a little different than planting progress. And that's great news on your end that at least the beets are in. Um, you you did a story recently about a topic I, I I think other some of our editors have kind of touched on in the past and I've seen some information but you really dug into this and that's the nemesis of the black vulture. Um, <laughs> I guess the first question I'd have for you is what turned you on to even do that story? Well, there was some chatter going on on Facebook actually, and I I clicked on it and and uh, then there was also a a news release that went out from. Um, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources changing some of their strategies for helping producers to uh, uh, address this problem. Black vultures are, you know, they call them kind of like nature's cleanup crew. And and there's also, there's black vultures and there's turkey vultures. So there's a, you got to make that distinction. But black right. vultures in particular, they're cleanup crew, but they're also pretty brazen in that they will actually attack live animals and take them and so what was happening to since 2008 ohio's had sent kind of an issue in the southern part with uh, black vultures ganging up and killing newborn calves some of them before they've even actually exited the birth canal they start attacking their eyes and their oh tongues God. and you know other soft tissue and just peck it out and eventually the animal bleeds to death and there's been even cases where 
they've, you know, the mother maybe having a very bad birth is still on the ground and they've actually killed uh, the heifer as well. Oh, my word. I guess we think about that when we see the turkey vultures, we we know they're basically going after roadkill and things that are dead. But apparently the black vultures just taking it on the hard way. Yeah. I, yeah. There's been calves, lambs, piglets, any kind of weak animal or vulnerable animal. Um, they tend to, you know, they, they spot them and they, and then they gang up, of course. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, fierceness in numbers where they attack animals. So, um, in Ohio, nat- the natural resources there, um, has, because it's becoming an increasing issue, uh, they have, uh, addressed it through the federal permit process, which normally you go through the federal to get this permit because black vultures, even though they can be nasty, they serve a purpose and they're migratory animals. And so therefore they're protected federally. So in the past, you'd have to get a federal permit. And, you know, anything with federal is usually involves quite a lot of paperwork and, you know, the process is sometimes difficult. So what ODNR did was they, they, they established a relationship with the federal government basically gave ODNR a sub-permit, which allowed them to actually issue the permits to growers. And so they streamlined the process. So that's interesting because it's like, it, you know, you think about it, it's just a scavenger bird. You can go out and shoot it, but the answer is no, no, you can't. And you do need this permit. Right. There's actually a, quite a hefty fine associated with it. I can't tell you exactly what it is. And there's also potentially jail time. So um, just taking a shot at a black vulture is not a good idea without getting a permit. <laughs> Glad to know that. But that brings up an interesting question. I mean, this is they're a they're a pack killer. When one sees that the weak animal, they all a bunch come in, which is interesting. Um, and you talk about we can shoot five out of permit. That's great. But um, there's a lot more than five in my field. Are there other ways to either keep them out or uh, just avoid the problem altogether? Yeah. And I guess just because you got the permit to shoot so many animals, they don't necessarily encourage that. They would like you to do what's called an effigy, and they shoot uh, shoot a vulture in front of other vultures <laughs> and then <laughs> hang it upside down in an area where you don't want them. And the idea is that th- that bothers them. You know, actually, they see that as death, so thankfully. And the idea is hopefully they'll exit that area and, and you know, not come back. But there's other things you can do. Um, they talk about, you know, I guess the number one thing is that producers have to be vigilant. They have to be watchful when yeah. they have cows on them pasture that are calving and just to keep an eye and maybe keep them closer to the barn. But they also talk about, you know, patrolling with your four wheelers, you know, maybe having some dogs, um, harassment of any kind, like the auditory. They talk about the pyrotechnics. There's a marine air horn, some of these green lasers that are really good at scaring during low lighting situations, there's some, something else called sky dancers and yep. that are good for small areas that you can put on a timer. And uh, actually, uh, ODNR and the wildlife services there have some resources for producers that they can get on there and uh, actually have sources where they can buy this stuff. Okay. And, we, you know, we talk about ODNR and we talk about Michigan and that, but this is not a local problem for you, right? These These birds are everywhere. Yeah, I guess what I was told is that they're from Mexico to like Ohio, and it wasn't just southern Ohio for a while, but now they've actually migrated up to even to, um, there were some people that were taking permits just a couple of counties from Lake Erie, um, and then from Texas all the way to New York. Yeah, it's an issue, but it seems to be, you know, it comes in areas, and they also look for they also tell producers to be careful of your carcass management. You know, make sure yeah. you bury your compost. Any animals don't use, you know, obviously that's an attraction for them. Um, you know, 
we talked about the animal husbands, husbandry side of it being watchful. And then they also say that vegetative management and making sure that you have any large dead trees removed from a calving area because they like to roost in those. They like to watch over their kill. That's 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 a vulture. That That's sort of a prototype or a, a stereotype for the average vulture. But they do like to stare at what they're going to get to. And you're right. The trees, um, the loud noises, that's fascinating to you don't think about it. Then now I think we should start at least keep an eye open. If you see one or two, you know, you've got a problem. All right. I talked to a producer. His name is Fred Scott. He's down in uh, southern Ohio and he's a cow calf producer. He's for like 40 years in the last 10 years he's lost two calves um he's learned his lesson he's really he said he really uh is watchful of his animals when they're calving keeps them close and he too has a couple of dogs but i did i wanted to provide a little bit of an update because i did talk to tommy butler over at u.s wildlife services uh this morning just to get an update and uh at the time that i wrote the story which was in early april they had 30 permits uh already out which was in the past had been what they'd done all year. Well, since that time, now they're up to 63 permits in, wow. in several of the counties in Ohio. And one of them is, like I said, Wayne County, which is just a couple of counties south of Lake Erie. He said that one of the most devastating things he's heard so far this year is that um, in central Ohio, there was a report of of not only a calf being killed, but also the heifer. So it's still happening. And um, hopefully this will help address some of those issues and giving producers another tool to control them. Well, that's interesting too, because, you know, we, uh, we talk about this and um, I was talking to somebody, my brother-in-law in Iowa, and they don't have the problem so much there. They have a lot of turkey vultures and so many more turkey vultures in the last four or five years than we used to remember seeing, which is interesting. I don't know if that's because the deer population is up so much and when they falter, there's more, but it's just, it's sort of, you've got to pay attention now, right? So you may have turkey vultures or, Take another look, because if it's got a gray or black head and white feet, it may be a black vulture. Right. That, that Thank you for mind, reminding me, Willie, that turkey vultures are our good guys. They generally do not pick on live animals. And those are, and you can distinguish them because the, the turkey vulture has a red head and the black vulture has a black gray head. And the turkey vulture, or yeah, the turkey vulture has pinkish feet and the black vulture has either white or gray feet. And also the black vulture is a little bit smaller than the turkey vulture. I don't mean to be too mean, but when you line up your scope on that vulture, make sure it's a black-headed vulture if you've got the permit. Is that what you're exactly. telling me? Exactly. That's okay. what I'm saying. So, <laughs> well, it's good identification for any time you're trying to do that kind of thing. And I know I'm being a little facetious, but the other side of it is I don't want to lose a calf or a ma, a, ma, a potential mama because, you know, you lose that heifer, you've lost all that future income. So this is not a cheap mm. problem. Well, you bring up, a, you just reminded me of something else, too. There is some recourse for livestock people. If you have an animal that succumbs to the vultures, you can uh, petition to get a livestock indemnity if you uh, can prove, you know, that yeah. that's what the case was. So there is some recourse, but you have to document it well and you have to kind of prove that you've tried to discourage them. Well, that's fair. But the other side of it is losing a heifer is different than losing a calf because the heifer, they're not going to compensate you for the next five ha- calves that ca- that heifer's exactly. going to have. So there's still a loss, but you're right. Yeah. Oh, for that, sure. Do- yeah. So document it, take mitigation efforts. If you've got carcasses, bury them, compost them, get them out of the way. And actually that'll keep even your turkey vulture problem down. Just get rid of the carrion. 
it's an interesting topic to cover, and it's uh, something uh, I appreciate you covering and keeping everybody alert to the idea. I know in the South, they see a lot of black vultures down there, and it's an issue. So, Jen Keel, I appreciate your time today, and I uh, thanks for joining me on Around Farm Progress. Sure, anytime, Willie. Thank you. Jennifer Keel, American agriculturist, notes that while the Ohio Department of Natural Resources can grant those black vulture permits, the best starting point might be the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, which issues the federal permit, which may bring more paperwork. But anyway, if your state has the same agreement as Ohio, the local wildlife office would know. Thanks for listening today and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more to make sure you don't miss an episode. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress and you'll hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs and our events including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days and the New York Farm Show. And there's another opportunity for staying connected to Farm Progress using your smartphone. If you text FARM to 20505, you can sign up for the Farm Progress mobile text service. When you send that first message, you'll get a confirmation. Be sure to respond to that too to make sure you get on the list. Once subscribed, you'll get a daily alert containing a top-level news item from our editorial team. And you can eventually join the Farm Progress panel to share your insights with our regular polls. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.